Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563 Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147 or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon and welcome to this very special edition of Sewing Hope. Uh, it is Inauguration Day here in the United States, and we are so very blessed that you've joined us. And going to just spend a little bit of time reflecting on where do we go from here, right? Uh, as we transition the presidency, uh, both Anne and I felt it being an important thing to do was just talk with you and uplift you in your faith, just like we do every week here, uh, twice a week on Sewing Hope. This time, uh, it was going to be three times a weekend, but how are you? And uh, happy, uh, happy Inauguration Day and happy day for uh, freedom, I guess. Yeah, Bill, it's great to be here, and hello to everyone. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, so it certainly is uh, one of the most difficult things to navigate when we uh, begin talking about hope and politics, uh, because everyone has their own opinion, everybody has their own views, uh, and this is not a political show. Uh, let's just say that from the outright. Uh, we are not going to be discussing political parties. We're not going to be discussing, uh, you know, who we voted for or anything like that in in this uh, podcast. The, the perspective I think both of us are coming from is a perspective of this is a day of change. It is a day of reflection. And it's a day, whether we like it or not, that we are moving forward in our, our country and our life. And so, therefore, um, it's, a, it's a moment of pause. It's a moment of pause as well. Uh, and as uh, Joe Biden accepts the mantle of responsibility today um, of being president of the United States, uh, where do we as people of faith go from here? So that's kind of what we want to talk about, I think, on today's program. And uh, so, Anne, I don't know if you have any uh, first thoughts or things like that. Uh, but I'll just toss it over to you to see if you have any uh, thoughts about, you know, where where do we go from here? Well, I think we always have to turn to God, no matter what the circumstances are in our lives, whether personally in our communities or our country or worldwide. Uh, I think it starts with our own personal relationship with with God. And that's really what this podcast has always been about, too, is um, who we are in our relationship with him, how we react to other human beings. And I think as we move forward, despite who is in power, uh, it all starts with how we treat one another. And uh, 
And I just pulled something up from one of my meditations. Actually, this is from the Holy Father who has said, let us abandon a language of condemnation and embrace one of mercy. And I think that uh, when we look at our friends and people that we are in touch with on a daily basis or even on social media, we always have to look at those people as children of God, despite uh, politics. I mean, I know in this past year, a lot of people, uh, depending on who they, who, what they stood for, will say, uh, there was an, a, a feeling of judgment that if somebody voted for this person or that person, that uh, they couldn't be friends, you know, unfriending, blocking, uh, judging people before they even know that person or really understand their brain or what their theologies or thinking is. Uh, and that's not good. That's not good. And, and I do think that that has to stop in our country and in our world because we do have to ab uh, abandon a language of condemnation because it is all about mercy. Uh, how can we really live out our mission if we judge our brothers and sisters? And I think that's something that has to change. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, um, you know, judging one another, it has become a, a pandemic of its, <laughs> of its own uh, here in 2020 and 2021. Uh, and I, I, I totally agree with you. I think that um, we need to be able to sit around a table um, and, and, and talk with one another. Um, you know, we're going to have differences of opinion. We're going to have differences of, um, you know, views. I mean, every, everybody has uh, a perspective. I remember when I was going to college, uh, getting ready to go to college, I should say, and um, one of the colleges that I visited, uh, there was a, uh, a Catholic priest who was also the head of the communications department at this university. And uh, I really wanted to go to this college. I didn't get in, but I really wanted to go because of the conversation I had with this Catholic priest. And what he did was he, uh, during my meeting with him, he took, a, um, <laughs> he took an OxyClean bottle and he slammed it on his desk. <laughs> and he said to me, this is truth. And, and he goes, the truth doesn't change. But the perspectives that we look at it from do. You are looking at it as a perspective of coming into this college as an incoming freshman. I am looking at it as a Catholic priest and the head of the communications department. We're coming at the truth from two different perspectives. This truth, it doesn't change, but our perspectives constantly do. And as you grow and develop as a human being, your perspective on this truth is going to change. And so is mine. This is how we relate to it. And it, you know, you know, that taught me a lot about it. It taught me a lot about life. It matured me a lot in a very short amount of time. <laughs> because it's a, it, it, it's, it's a tool that I've used in ministry many times. Um, I don't always have an OxyClean bottle at the ready, but there's always something, whether it's a, you know, a, a, you know, a trinket of some kind or a beer bottle, even if I'm, uh, you know, at, at a bar with a few people. Um, 
the 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 reality is is that I think you know we as people have to be able to sit down and talk about our perspective to the truth. We have to talk about the truth because the truth doesn't change, right? We, as you just said, Anne, we have to be people that are compassionate. We have to be people that um, are, are lifting others up. We have to be people that are going to represent the gospel in its truth. But we have to remember that we come at it from a perspective that is uniquely our own. We bring in our life history. We bring in our uh, current circumstances. And we bring in our future hopes and dreams. And every person has something completely different. Why? Because they were made uniquely by God. And this this causes us to have people that we like in life, that we associate with, right? Like we associate with like-minded people. The, the, the book of Sirach at one point says that we should, you know, find people of like mind to associate with, right? Um, but uh, it, it also, so, so we can stand for common causes and, and the common good, right? But then after that, after that, uh, we also have to be able to sit around at the same table with people that we disagree with and be able to share our disagreements. And that's one of the blessings of America. <laughs> you know, that's one of the blessings of America. And, and right now, with the recent events on both sides of the spectrum, we have, we have seen people unable to come together and get behind and sit down and talk in a civil manner with one another. We've seen violence on both ends of the spectrum on this show, and I and I know the same is true for you, and we condemn violence on every level, right? On whether it's from the left or from the right or from the middle, we we condemn that. We do not want that. Uh, but we also seek the truth and we we bring our perspective of the truth into it. So uh, just just some of my thoughts. I, I think um, you know at this moment of pause, we really need to be able to sit down and, you know, in civility, talk with one another and work through the differences that we have. Yeah, I agree with everything that you said. I mean, it really does come down to in our hearts and when we interact with other people and and take away in our, in our minds and in our thoughts, uh, the judgments that we have on those people. And I think that's what happened this past year in 2020 is that, especially when it came to politics is that people like to say, well, uh, I, I, I can't be friends with this person because they s- supported so-and-so. And so I'm not going to talk to them anymore. I'm going to block them on social media. And, uh, you know, we have to look at ourselves and say, is this what God wants? You know, does God want us to shut out a whole a a whole group of people based on our own conceptions of what we think they believe, you know, and, 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 you know, I'm going to say this. I mean, that's what happened when we look at bad things that happened in the 20th century. I don't even think I need to name what they are, but when we look at some of those terrible, terrible things that happened where lives were taken, a lot of it happened where there started to be a marginalization amongst a certain group of people. And, and, and that they were blamed, you know, for the bad things that were happening in society. And, and we don't want that to happen here. We don't want in the United States 
for for a, a groups of people to be marginalized, bullied, pushed from society, and then really eventually eliminated, right? Yeah. I mean, th- we don't want to go in that direction. So um, I think we need to really pray a lot. We need to look at ourselves. We need to remember that God is the answer. You know, love is the answer. We've heard that song before too, right? I mean, yeah. uh, Mother Teresa sp- said, spread love everywhere you go. Let no one ever come to you without leaving happier. I mean, when we look at people like Mother Teresa, like some of the other saints, and even some of the wisdom that we get from our current Holy Father, Pope Francis, he said, around us, there is a presence of evil. The devil is at work. But in a loud voice, I say, God is stronger. I mean, that's a message for us right now, that evil is is at work. It always is, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's at work within ourselves. It's in at work within our families and our communities, in our country and in the entire world. But love is the only thing that will defeat that. And, and it starts with the way we treat one another individually, whether it's your sister, your mother, your daughter, your next door neighbor, uh, somebody at your church who you disagree with, people that you're friends with on social media. It starts with saying, you know what, I'm going to start with Christ. I'm going to start with my relationship with God and following the Ten Commandments, right? Yeah. In a good way. And a lot of the, the Ten Commandments will point us to loving our neighbor. You know, the Holy Father said love of neighbor is a fundamental attitude that Jesus speaks of. And he says that our relationship with God cannot be honest if we're not willing to make peace with our neighbor. And yeah. um, I think that makes a good point for all of us. A- absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, as as you talk about the, you know, the, the individualization, right? there's something that is so important about that. Like just being individually responsible for, for spreading the gospel and individually responsible for taking care of those uh, people who are seemingly marginalized and those people who are struggling in society is, is something that we really need to take a look at because that is how, you know, if, if you're looking for a governmental system to, to um, you know, re- redeem you or, or, or fix all of the problems in our, in our lives, that's, that's not how it's going to happen. It's, it's actually going to happen through me and you working together as individuals, right? As, as individuals that that solve these problems. Feeding the hungry happens because, because I go out and I say that is my job as a follower of Christ to do. I, I am called, it's a gospel command, you know, Christ says, feed the hungry, clothe the naked. Like, these, these things are important, and they're important for us to do as individuals. If we wait around for a system or a government to declare that this that you know that they're going to do it it's never going to happen the only way it happens is if we take the gospel into our hands and we actually do it and this is a little bit lengthy but i actually want to read this because the 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 catechism of the catholic church uh, in paragraphs 1882 to 1884 really summarize how 
the the state and individuals can, uh, you know, and just how life is supposed to work, and it it really is awesome uh, when when you when you read this. And so I'm just going to read this to you. I think it's really important for us to take to heart, especially on a day like today. It says, Certain societies, such as the family and the state, correspond more directly to the nature of man. They are necessity to him. To promote the uh, participation of the greatest number in the life of a society, the creation of voluntary associations and institutions must be encouraged on both national and international levels which relate to economic and social goals, to cultural and recreational activities, to sport, to various professions, and to political affairs. This socialization also expresses the natural tendency for human beings to associate with one another for the sake of, of obtaining objectives that, seek, that, that exceed individual capacities. It develops the qualities of the person, especially the sense of initiative and responsibility, and helps guarantee his rights. Socialization also presents dangers. Excessive intervention by the state can threaten personal freedom and initiative. The teaching of the church has elaborated the principle of subsidiarity, according to which a community of higher order should not interfere in the internal life of a community of a lower order, depriving, its, depriving the latter of its functions, but rather should support in the case of need and help to coordinate its activities with the activities of the rest of society, always with a view to the common good. God has not willed to reserve to himself all the exercise of power, he entrusts to every creature the functions it's capable of performing according to the capacities of its own nature. This mode of governance ought to be followed in social life. The way God acts in governing the world, which bears witness to such a great regard for human freedom, should inspire the wisdom of those who govern human communities. They should behave as ministers of divine providence. I, I just love that. I, I you know I I love that. I think we can really reflect on that um, today uh, as as you know a transition takes place, um, in, you know in, in our in our president and really try in our presidency and really try to emulate that. You know, call certain um, you know leaders and hold them to that standard because that is a beautiful standard that our church really has set forth. Bill, that was really beautiful. I'm th- I thank you so much that you found that. That I, I, I'm going to go back and reflect on that, and re- repeat to the audience if you could where they can find that in the Catechism again because that's worth reading over. Yeah, it's uh, Catechism 1882 to 1884, paragraphs 1882 to 1884, and uh, and yeah, if you if you read that, I mean, it it just summarizes how life is supposed to work. You know how how government, how family how individuals, it all comes together. And, um, you know, you know now, that's the, now that's the gold standard, right? That, like, that's where, where God is calling us to. <laughs> and, then, and then there's where we are right now. And so, and so I think we have to really work as, as Catholics for that standard. And, 
And I think we do it, you know, one to one. I think we do it one to one. I agree with you completely. I have a lot of thoughts as you were reading it, too. And I think when we look at where this country was also founded and how it was founded. Now, I'm in Philadelphia. It was the birthplace, right? And you were born and raised here yeah. of, of, you know, the freedoms of this country. So I can't help but think about that, too. And just invite people that as this country is moving forward, that we never really lose that uh, who is the, in the United States of America? What does uh, what does it stand for? What do her people stand for? What is freedom? What really is freedom? And 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 pray that we never see uh, basic freedoms taken away from people. I think we really need to pray on that. No matter who would would be elected president in the future, or any of our governmental offices. So I think that's an invitation for all of us that uh, we need to learn. We need to find out also uh, and, and never take for granted that the education that's there and available for us to learn about where we came from, right? Because honestly, our forefathers did fight uh, for us so that we could be the country that we are today. Yeah, a absolutely, Anne. Uh, and so, you know, I, I just think... Uh, as we continue to reflect on this, um, you know, that that we should all take an opportunity to um, reflect personally where we are, you know, in, in relationship to one another and how we can bring about this, right? I mean, as you just said, our forefathers fought for this, right? They they fought for the peaceful dialogue. They fought for the peaceful transition. They they, they fought for um, the, the rights of freedom for each and every one of us. And so how, how do we carry that forward? How do we hand the baton on to the next generation? Because it really is never, it's about us, but, 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 but it's about the future as well. And, you know, we have, we have the blessing in, in, in the Catholic Church of, of, of this thing called the, you know, the chain of witnesses or, or the, or the, you know, cloud of witnesses. It's this, it's this passing on of the faith that we have seen for an incredibly long time, right? Like from the moment Jesus ascended into heaven, we have had this passing on of the faith and it's gone from, you know, Pope to Pope to Pope to Pope, from saint to saint to saint to saint. And we have this huge army of people who are up in heaven <laughs> praying for us and, and helping us. And this is what we believe as Catholics. And the, the graces that have been bestowed upon this country in the way that the forefathers fought and organized it, you know, over, over 200 years, right? This is, this is where we are. And we are responsible for taking the gifts that we have been given and passing it on to the next generation of people. We are so responsible for that. So, you know, how do we go about passing the gifts that we have been given, not only in our faith, but in our society, that we have taken for granted, that we have just said, oh yeah, we get to do this, where other countries don't have these freedoms. You know, uh, 
how, how do we charitably defend and in love defend what we have been handed on? How, how do we do that? I, I really believe it's one-on-one. I really believe it's us, you know, showing people, teaching people, uh, and example of how we go about our daily lives, whether we're, you know, the, the amazing thing about this country is it doesn't matter whether you are an Uber driver or a CEO of a company, you have the ability to um, have freedom and go do what you would like to do um, and, you know, build up others and help others. This is one of the greatest societies. This is one of the greatest things that the world has ever seen. Um, and so and so we have to, as citizens of this, safeguard it. Um, and, you know, so how do we do that? I think it's really by one-on-one doing this in your families, doing this in the circles that you impact. I talk about a lot about that, um, you know, with, with, with family and friends and, and whatnot impact the people that you have the ability to impact. Who God has placed you in a family for a reason. God has placed you in a community for a reason. You know, and, and I see all the amazing things you're doing, uh, you know, in the Philadelphia area. I mean, the, I mean, the number of things you do to, you know, help others and, and be, um, you know, a light in that community, you know, is, is, is awesome, right? I mean, the, you know, Doing, doing your work as, you know, the, the director of the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation, but, you know, going and, you know, praying before, you know, abortion clinics and, and going and being that light in the society that, that you are. I mean, like, I think if everybody really does that, then, then we advance the, the beauty of this country. Everybody takes their objectives and, their, and comes together and says, this is what is important to us. This is how we're going to advance, you know, the, the goodness of our society. I, I think if we do that, we, we just, we win. We don't lose if we, if, if we do that as, as Catholics and Christians and, you know, and, and come together and participate. So well said, Bill. This, this episode is going to be worth listening to again, just with some of your thoughts. Um, and I've had some thoughts, too, as you were even speaking and thinking of different people who have inspired. And one comes to mind is Muhammad Gandhi, who has a lot of peaceful statements. And one thing that he said was, an eye for an eye will only make the whole world blind. And I think when it comes to, like you said, the violence, violence all the way around isn't right. And um, our Holy Father also said, I'm deeply convinced that violence can never bring peace and well-being to a country when it creates because it creates always and only violence. So we just have to remember those words that um, it does come to those individual relationships that we have in our own homes. Uh, Peace begins within ourselves uh, with the people and and through our relationship with God and the Holy Spirit. And uh, another word from the Holy Father is that prayer is the breath of faith in a relationship of trust, in a relationship of love, Dialogue cannot be left out, and prayer is the dialogue of the soul with God. That was from one of his addresses. In uh, and so, I just think taking all these things into consideration, uh, 
the relationship with God, living it out every day. And you know what? For us not to judge people. So if you or I know someone that disagrees with us in some way, shape, or form, whether it be with my lifestyle, my religion, or something else about me or about you that that they can hold against you for whatever it is. You know, we never know the whole story about someone. Um, even when it comes to our voting practices, right, Bill? I mean, yeah. the voting practices are are supposed to be uh, private. Yeah. So, so even <laughs> right. So it it shouldn't give us a reason to judge someone because we think that they're this, that, or the other. Uh, and, and, and they have the right to, to vote for, for what reasons they have to vote in the future for people. So I just think that we need to step back and say, what does it really mean to be a human being and to be a follower of Christ? And as Catholics, we need to remember the important things, Bill, that you read when you read that catechism quote. Yeah. And when we think of the doctrines of our faith, and I do think that as we go ahead into the future, Bill, you mentioned pro-life. I do think that the pro-life message, uh, to be quite blunt, it does need to be a- adapted by uh, by us as Catholics on a whole, all the way around. Now, when I say pro-life, I'm not just talking about uh, anti-abortion. I am talking about from conception until natural death, the way that we treat people all the way around. And that includes all of the lot, a lot of the social justice causes too. So these things all have to encompass together. Yeah. Yeah. We have a consistent ethic of life and, you know, you know, in the Catholic church. And that means that everybody, everybody at every stage of their life from conception until natural death, as you said, is respected. And, and, you know, that is a very, I think, hard thing <laughs> for, for us as a society to, um, to, to witness to um, properly. I think on some end of the spectrum, somebody always finds a short end of the stick, right? I mean, you know, certainly ab- abortion um, is, is an incredibly grave evil, um, and we, um, you know, we we stand with, as the USCCB recently said in 2019, that it is the preeminent priority uh, uh, of Catholics. It should be the preeminent priority of Catholics. Uh, but we cannot ignore it. Goes that their statement goes on to say that we we cannot ignore all of the other things like poverty, racism, I mean, you know, all of these other uh, issues, death penalty. I mean, you know, there's there's so many other issues that as Catholics we, we have to look at, you know, is is uh, being pro-life and you know, anti-abortion of complete, um, you know, importance? Yes. No, nobody is saying that that, that 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 is not a preeminent priority here. What, but what we are saying is that... Um, we absolutely also have to make sure that the human person is respected at every stage of their lives. And it doesn't matter. See, that's the amazing thing about America too, is that it doesn't matter at what, you know, state you find yourself in. You know, we just had somebody on the program a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm going to blank on his name right at the moment, but Ann, I'm sure you're going to be able to recall that. The, the, 
the gentleman who was the mime, who was homeless, who was a veteran, and also now has a book out and is doing amazing things with his yes, life. Yes, Nate, Nate, Nate Moran, Nathan Moran. Yeah, Nate Moran, right? Mm-hmm. We, we just had him, like, this is America, folks. Like, and and at, at no point along his journey of being homeless or being a veteran, was, did, did he have any less of a dignity? He had, he, he had the same dignity throughout his life. And, and that's the same for every person from their conception to their natural death. Here, here is this man who is doing wonderful things, is impacting people, is sharing the love of God and his story through what he is doing. But man, he has a load of you know, experience and a load of pain in his life from the things that he has seen, from being homeless. Like, but, but wow. Right? Just just wow. And this is the amazing thing about the United States of America. It's the amazing thing about what we celebrate, um, you know, in this country. And so we as Catholics need to witness to that. We as Catholics need to bring that into greater focus. I think it's one of the reasons why you and I, Anne, are so, um, you know, committed to this show, because we, we both love spotlighting amazing stories that that build up hope in in us that this is possible that you know d- despite all the things that swirl around us there are, there are people committed to the common good and the building up of our society yeah it's really what brought us together and and um you know it was back in march of 2020 right when the pandemic hit because Bill and I discovered something that's kind of rare. <laughs> One thing that we discovered was that uh, we were completely on board with every aspect of the Catholic faith. Now, I'm going to say that because even within our faith, there are people who are uh, on, you know, maybe on one side or the other, a little more heavy, either on uh, pro-life or social justice. And, you know, we noticed that we had a love of both of those areas. So, um, you know, that was an amazing thing that we were able to come together with all of the doctrines of the faith, with everything that we believe as Catholics. So, um, and and with everything that you said too, Bill, I was thinking of uh, Martin Luther King Jr., who said that love is the only force that's capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. And I think that's an invitation for every single one of us that, uh, you know, when we look at the people in our own lives who are uh, literally people that we have distanced ourselves from because of whatever they believe or don't believe, or that they're not really doing everything exactly as we do, um, you know, we have to look at that and say, as our Holy Father has says, that we we can't call any society healthy when it doesn't leave, leave room for family life. And when I say family life, I'm not just talking about um, people that we live in our, in our own house. I'm talking about people within our church. I'm talking about, yeah. you know, the people that, that we connect with. Um, we need to, we, we have to, to, in order to call ourselves healthy, we have to look to love. We have to look to God and try to transform our hearts. And another quote that I have, now this is about the family from the Holy Father, is that the, life, the lifeblood of God's family of the church is God's love, which which is actualized in loving him and others, all others, without distinction or reservation. The church is a family in which we are we love and are loved. 
So remember, love is the key, you know. It is. And how many songs have we heard that uh, that love is the is the answer? I mean, it goes to me way back. Remember in the sixties and seventies that you know John Lennon spoke about that uh, peace and love were the answer. And I think that there was some wisdom there in what what he said that uh, that we need to look to peace and we need to look to loving one another yeah. and uh, and coming together as community and as family. Yeah, absolutely, Ann. A- absolutely. And, you know, um, love, when you, when you talk about that love, it, it really is a radical love. It's not, you know, you know we, we use the word love here in America. I love that pizza. You know, man, that's such a great pizza. I love that, you know, sub sandwich. I love the hoagie. Like, you know... Yeah, yeah, I do love, you know, the hoagies in Philadelphia. I do love the, uh, you know, Wawa hoagies. I could go for a Wawa hoagie right about now. But the the reality is, is that, you know, th- th- that love, even though we're using the same word, it, it doesn't compare to the love that we should be having for, number one, our God, and number two, our brothers and sisters. I mean, that's the greatest commandment, right? Love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Like, that love has nothing to do with loving your favorite pizza. It has zero to do with it. And, you know, we have watered down love so much that I think we really have to take a look at where we are going uh, in our society with true, authentic love. What are we placing our true, authentic love in? Are we, are, are, are we placing it in the material things? Are we placing it in um, things that are passing, or are we placing it in the eternal things? Are we placing it into our marriages? Are we placing it into our children? Uh, you know, are we are, are are we you know infusing our love into things that are going to last beyond the passing day? You know, or are we infusing them in you know? And and I'm bad at it. I'm horrible at it. Right? Like I I infuse love into you know, you know, the latest iPhone too. I infuse love into, I mean, I, I, I'd love to have this. I'm going to go out and get it. You know, at the end of the day, the, the, the iPhone 13 is going to come out next. You know what I mean? And like, I'm going to say, oh, I want to love that. Like, we, we need to tra- transition what, what we're infusing our love in to the things that are going to last for forever, you know. And, and those are the relationships that we, that we have with number one, our God, because you know that's eternal. We're we're, we're created eternal beings, and n- number two, those those family relationships that we have, uh, you know, those those last beyond the grave. I mean, we don't need um, to to point to anything further than our own families to you know to say that. I mean, we we reflect on people who've passed away, you know, previously. Like you know, I lost my grandmother in two thousand and twenty, and she is as alive to me today as she was in 2019 before she passed away. Like, you know, when, 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 when we place our love in those people, we, we carry that love, we carry that into our families today. We carry it into our future children. We, we bring that through our lives. And, and so, we, but, we, but, but we've become so bad in this society at... <laughs> <laughs> at placing our love in things that are that, that are passing 
instead of placing it in the eternal. And so, uh, you know, I I just challenge people to really take a look um, at at where they're placing their love. You know, especially especially today, where where are you placing your love? Yeah, completely agreed, Bill, because it really is about love. But we have to examine, as you said, kind of what is love? You know, what are we loving? And, you know, Mother Teresa said, St. Teresa of Calcutta, another word of advice for all of us, that being unwanted, unloved, uncared for, forgotten by everybody, I think that's a much greater hunger, a much greater poverty than the person who has nothing to eat. So think about that, because that's a mission for every single one of us. And especially with all the distancing that we did this past year, not only with coronavirus, but the distancing that we did with judging people who aren't exactly like us, right? So we need to look at that and say, God is calling us to love them too. The hardest thing, and Bill, I know you agree with me, but the hardest thing that all of us to do for all of us is to love our enemy. Okay, let's face it. There's nothing harder than that ever. But it's also, honestly, that's our greatest calling. Yeah. That is how we will be remembered when we leave this earth. How well did we do with that? How well did we only love people that were just like us? Were we able to love our enemies and the people who disagree with us? Were we able to stand there uh, and stand for what we still believe in, even in the face of an enemy? You know, and I think when, when it comes to what we believe, as we go forward in this year of 2021, if you're a Catholic, you know, hold on to your faith. So no matter what you're presented, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to say it. The government isn't the one to lay out the rules of life and the rules of love. The government we hope and pray is following uh, in, in the ways that they should, according to the laws of God. Right. And what's important to this whole world. But really, we, in our in our Catholic faith here, because this is Sewing Hope podcast, it is a Catholic podcast. But we, as people of God, Christians, Catholics, co- can come together and say we are walking in the ways that God has taught us to be able to love everyone in this world, in our f- families, communities, and in our own personal relationship with God every day as we wake. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. And it, one of the examples that popped in my head actually from somebody who was really living that um, was actually in a talk um, by Father Dave Pavanka, uh, who's the president of Franciscan University of Steubenville uh, currently. But I'll never forget a talk he gave uh, at the National um, Catholic Charismatic Renewal Conference, uh, I think two or three years ago. And uh, what he gave this incredible talk um, where, 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 uh, he had mentioned that, um, you know, how do, how do I go about doing that? You know, how do I go about loving my enemy? And um, he, he, he told the story about how he um, decided every year from henceforth to send a Christmas card, not a letter of condemnation, not a... Uh, statement saying that I disagree with you to um, Seal Richards, who was the head of Planned Parenthood at the time. He sent a Christmas card wishing her and her family a Merry Christmas. Because he said, I'm short. I know she has a couple kids. 
and maybe she celebrates Christmas. But there wasn't any like agenda behind it. There wasn't any, oh, I'm going to try and convert her. I'm going to try and... I, I vehemently disagree with her position and her position on, on life, but I'm going to write a Christmas card and I'm going to send it to her every year. And, and that struck me so powerfully. It just, you know, and so kudos to you, Father Dave, if you're happening to listen to this or somebody sends it to you, kudos to you, Father Dave, um, for, for, for that witness. Because how, how can we do that? You know, that's, that's true love of an enemy, true love of somebody who we disagree with. And I think, you know, that example is something that we all need to try and follow. You know, we all need to try and follow that example. So, uh, you know, how, how can you do that? How can you put it into action? Is there somebody in your life that you really don't like, that you disagree with? You know, can you offer them forgiveness? Can you offer them a, you know, you know a Christmas card? Something so simple, right? C- can we do that as, as Catholics? Or are we so or, or 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 are we so sucked in by the by by the hatred and 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 the and the vileness? It's like oh that person really like are are we so sucked in by that that we can't you know separate it out and say you know let me just love this person let me just love this person with true authentic love not an agenda you know and and. And maybe I'll never see the difference. Maybe they'll never see the difference. But, but man, that, that love is what we're called to. It's, it's not the results. It's not like the results of, you know, making sure that we're not called to results. We're called to love. Now that, and that was from Mother Teresa. And Bill, thank you for the other story. You, you have such wis- wisdom to share. We have to do this more often where we talk about the, the issues of the day. And it's always wonderful when we have guests on the podcast, but I think it's good for us to come together um, occasionally and just air these thoughts that, you know, living in a society and how can we li- make, live out the mission that God has for us. And I just pulled up something from Pope John Paul II, St. John Paul II. He says, darkness can only be scattered by light. Hatred can only be conquered by love. And I think he's a wonderful saint for us right at this time. Uh, He always preached a culture of life. And I think that as we go forward in 2021, this is a time where we need a culture of life. And and I'm going to call out to Catholics especially uh, to, to examine our hearts, all of us, me included. How can I do that? And, and how can we really build a culture of life from conception until natural death, honoring every human being as a gift from God and not something to be thrown away? And when I say throw away, I'm not just talking about uh, through abortion or euthanasia. I just mean in, in the way that we interact with one another as well. So it's something for us to think about, Bill. Thanks so much for this idea that we came together on this Inauguration Day podcast. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I am just so uh, blessed to be able to share the airwaves with you and, uh, and be able to, you know, challenge both ourselves. I think, I think this is a challenge for both of us. And, it, you know, I mean, there, we're not, we're not above anybody else. Like, you know, like I, I think that oftentimes, you know, the, the position of media or having a podcast or whatever sometimes puts people, oh, you know, here's, you know, here they're you know, trying to dictate all of this to you, you know, because they're, oh, no, no. Not I, at all. Not at all, right? Like, <laughs> we're always learning. Like, yeah, we're always <laughs> learning. And, I, you know, you know I, I know that I struggle with this just as much as an ex-person. And, and uh, the, you know, the fact that we can come on and be real human beings and authentic human beings uh, with, with an audience of people, you know, just to say, hey, we're in this with you and we're, and we're sharing, you know, our, our thoughts here, uh, and maybe calling you to do something greater and better. I think that that right there is uh, the beauty of this podcast, and because it's all about hope, it really is. This this is about uplifting us and hope. Um, I, I I definitely want to uh, close with at least from what what I want to say from from one uh, you know final little story. And uh, I, I I I did some reflecting, uh, you know, back at the beginning of the month uh, after you know all the turmoil kind of broke out across, um, you know, the election and, and, uh, and, and everything going on with the storming of the Capitol building and, and just, just all the different violence that we've been seeing. I mean, we've been seeing it on both sides and everything. I just took a day to really spend some time in prayer and reflection. And um, I was led to reflect on uh, something that I remember from my early spirituality um, of being a teenager uh, when when I first went to uh, the Steubenville conferences, uh, which you know like the Franciscan University Steubenville conferences, I was uh, it was like two thousand and three. I'm sorry, two thousand and one. I want to that's a long time ago. Two thousand and one, <laughs> uh, and and I went to this conference called God There Is No Other. Uh, it was at the Franciscan. Uh, it was at uh, Our Lady of La Salette uh, Catholic Shrine in Attleboro, Massachusetts. So that's where they had the Steubenville satellite conference. And uh, this conference was uh, very powerful. Um, And I I remember looking up when we drove into the the campus on the bus, there was this crucifix. And um, on on the right side of the crucifix, there is um, a a pair of pincers. And on the left side of the crucifix, there's a hammer if you're looking at it from the perspective of Jesus. And um, I remember asking my youth minister, I said to him, um, you know, what, what is that? Like, why, why put pincers and a hammer on either side of Jesus? And he explained that actually it was an appearance of the Blessed Mother in La Salette, France in 1846, that the Blessed Mother actually wore this crucifix around her neck when she appeared to two shepherd children. And... She didn't say anything about it, but she didn't have to because it, it is such a clear message. Are you going to pick up the hammer and drive the nails further into Christ's flesh? Or are you going to pick up the pincers and pull out the nails? I, I think that's just what we're called to do today. You know, you have to make a choice. You don't get to walk away from the scene. There's, there's not any person that can look at that horrific scene of Calvary 
and walk away without mocking or mourning Jesus. Like, you can't do it. It's impossible to look at that scene and say, eh, I have better things to do. So you have to pick up one or the other, the pliers or the pincers or the hammer. And today, I think that's what we're called to do. Today, we have to make a decision. Are you picking up the pincers and going to help kneel down next to the bruised, broken body of Christ that we're seeing in today's society and lift out the nails? Or are you just going to pick up the hammer and drive them further in? And so that's, those are my closing thoughts. And I just think, you know, we ought to all reflect on that as we, as we go forward. And it's really how we go forward from here. You have told that story before. And every time I hear it, Bill, it's, it's just so beautiful. So I want to thank you. And it makes me think of something that I read or heard, I guess, in recent years that, one of the greatest ways that we can uh, walk the path toward heaven and not away from heaven is by our identification with the suffering Christ. And I think just a reminder to all of us that suffering Christ is with us every day in people that we meet and in circumstances. So that's where we meet him along our journey. Do we walk away from the suffering of, of ourselves and other people? Do we walk away or do we walk toward them and help? Thank you so much, Bill, for this opportunity. And thank you everyone for listening to this podcast. We're praying for you. Please connect with us. And we're looking forward to all the good things that are coming. Amen. Uh, folks, we really thank you for tuning in on this special uh, edition of the Sewing Hope podcast. And know that we'll be back with you tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock p.m. live. But until then, from all of us at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. And remember, choose the pincers. You only got one opportunity. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2